Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, I figured, you know what? We just lost Larry King. So I thought, let's talk about a movie, a comedy, a biography of sorts about a man from radio. The man of shock rock, well, shock jock, the man of the hour, Howard Stern, released in 1997, Private Parts, directed by Betty Thomas, produced by Ivan Reitman, based on the book Private Parts by Howard Stern, an American biographical comedy film. The film is an adaption of the autobiographical chapters from the best-selling 1993 book of the same name by radio personality Howard Stern. Robin Quivers, of course, plays herself. Fred Norris, Gary DeLabalti, comedian Jackie Martling. Uh, The film also stars Mary McCormick, Allison Janney, Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, This was a hilarious movie. You know, it is basically Howard Stern as himself, Robin Quivers as herself, Mary McCormick as Allison Stern, Howard's first wife, Fred Norris as himself, Paul Giamatti as Kenny Pig Vomit Rushton, Carol Alt as Gloria, Allison Janney as Dee Dee, Michael Murphy as Roger Eek, Jenna Jameson as Mandy, Richard Portnow as Ben Stern, Kelly Bishop as Ray Stern, Sasha Martin as Emily Beth Stern. Uh huh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The, you know, the man of the hour. I mean, I, I'm such a big Howard Stern fan. What a, what a great interviewer. But he knew early on he didn't just want to be an interviewer, he wanted to share himself with the audience and that's what he told Larry King you know he said you're a great interviewer Larry but you know I wanted to share more of myself so he's part of the interview as well (laughs) you know the king of all media I'm sorry that's that's his that's his tagline right there but you know there is shit going on in private parts I mean Howard, Howard has totally changed since then. Private Parts is his his growing up stages, you know. Um, he still he still likes to shock, you know. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, my favorite though is the Kubasa. Um, oh, this is a good one. This is you know Howard Howard early on liked to just you know speak BS and and one day Robin called him on it. Three to two last night, extending the O's winning streak to seven. And finally, today is Memorial Day. Sunny skies and warm temperatures for veterans marching in parades across the metropolitan area. Highs today in the 70s. It's 58 degrees. You know, Robin, uh, let me interrupt for a second. I'm glad you brought up Memorial Day. You know, I was in Vietnam. I'd like to talk to you about it. I had 11 kills in Vietnam. And I'm telling you, I really should have had more. Officially, I should have had more kills. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. I was in a goop village, and I come upon a schoolhouse. So I grab one of my grenades off my belt, and I throw it right into the schoolhouse. And I blow up the whole damn thing. So I'm out there counting all the bodies. You threw a grenade into a school? That's exactly what I'm telling you. I must have killed like 200 kids. My dickhead lieutenant comes up to me, and he says, Stern, those are little kids. That counts as one person. Howard, I was in the military. I was a captain in the Air Force. What were you? 
What was I? <laughs> you. What were you again? I was a captain. That's what I was. I was a captain. <laughs> and what were you in? <laughs> I was in Vietnam. <laughs> Army, Navy. In the Army. Did you have a division? 103rd. See, she's calling him out on his bullshit. I was in the 103rd. I don't know what I was in, Robin, but I'm saying that I was in the 103rd. And the point of this whole thing is that I think a kill is a kill is a kill. And killing a kid should be just as good as killing an adult. Well, I suppose even if you're killing children, they should count them. I got some music for you now at DC 101. <laughs> oh, my God. Howard. Yeah, she's like, you're too young to be... There's so many moments in this fucking movie. My favorite is the kibasa scene, of course. Well, this is an exciting day for us here in the studio because we have a stage star with us. This is Donna Porter with us on the show, and she's here to talk about life in the theater. And Donna, I don't know if you know this, but our own news guy, Ross Buckingham, actually has some theater experience as well. Mm. Don't you, Ross? Do you want to tell us about that? Yes, um, I, I once did some summer stock. I know you're very, very proud of your summer stock experience. <laughs> when you went on stage the very first time, did you ever get nervous? No, I was quite comfortable. I see, it's very interesting. Then, now, in 1926, Donna, General Sarnoff formed NBC Radio, America's first well, network. I guess you could say I was a little nervous the first time I was ever on stage with the 12-inch kibasa. Now, why is that? Can I show you? Sure. I think we'd like to see what you have. Wouldn't we like to see? Right you? now, you're getting a look at a live broadcast of the Howard Stern show. Yeah, that's about 13 inches. And you're licking whipped cream off a kielbasa, and you're putting it in your mouth, and you're you're jamming the kielbasa all the way down your throat. Oh my God! Look at that. The entire kielbasa is going down. <laughs> she has swallowed an entire 13-inch kielbasa. Look at that. A full 13 inches, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, you gotta love that, folks. You gotta love it, don't you, Ross? Oh, Ross Buckingham, have you ever seen a woman swallow an entire 13-inch kielbasa? When you were in the theater, did you ever work with a kielbasa? <laughs> See what I told you? Gotta leave it to Howard. Um, mm, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Howard. Howard, 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 Howard and Robin, you know, that's a very, um, interesting relationship, you know, without Robin, uh, Howard would just, he would, he would linger. And he has said that when he thought Robin was going to die, you know, cause she had cancer. Um, that relationship though, it's a beautiful relationship and they care about one another. I, I know some people don't like Robin. I love Robin. I think it's hilarious. And, um, with, you know, there's that. Oh, here we go. Sarah, he's in a meeting. Oh, he's in a meeting? I'd like to know what meeting is more important than my show. He took the show right off the air. What did you take the show off the air for, Pig Moment? Huh? Pig Moment, open up. Oh, it's not funny? What are you talking about? It is funny. I think it's very funny. How would you know it's funny anyway? You're not bringing that Hey, I don't see anybody in here to meet you. I gotta go. Why do I have to go? Why don't you explain to my audience why you had to shut down the show? You don't make this right now. This is you, you big idiot scumbag. I'm your boss. I'm your boss. I'm your boss. Let's go. What's this? No? Robin, is everybody sorry? God damn it, get out of here. He hit me, Robin. He's hit me. I'm gonna hit you back. I hit him back. He hit him back. You're not getting the phone from me, Kenny. No. 
You know, that's Howard being Howard, and we all love it. And here we go. Extending the O's winning streak to seven, and finally, today is Memorial Day. Oh, we already got the Vietnam story. Not true, but funny. Here we go. Willow. Let's go over to Miss Brett Summers right now. Now, Brett, what did you have for us? Blank Willow. The only thing on my mind, Gene, was pussy. (laughs) Pussy. Pussy. All right. Hey, that's bad and wild. Pussy Willow. That's what I would have said. All right, let's go over to Dick Nixon, former president of the United States. What did you have? Blank Willow. In any language, pussy. All right. Let's go to our newest member of the panel, Mr. Jackie Chokeman Martling Blank Willow. Well, Gene, I didn't write it too neat, so I have a sloppy pussy. Sloppy pussy! <laughs> <laughs> a sloppy pussy, pussy, and a very big talking about bread again. All right, now let's keep going. That one's going to get a little rougher. Okay, everybody ready? Blank a doodle do. Blank a doodle do. Blank a doodle do. Think about that while the celebrities are writing. Here we go. Let's go over to our. Dick Nixon, our own ex-president. What do you got, Dick? Well, it takes a dick to know a cock, and that's what I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's what I would have said. That seemed like the obvious answer. Okay, let's go to our own Jackie the Joke Man, Martin. Jackie the Joke Man? Gene, I have cock, and I wrote it big. I have a big cock. Uh, I don't think you can say big cock on the radio. I think that's a no-no. What? But I just said pussy. Yeah, she just said pussy. (laughs) Yes, pussy is okay. It's the way he says it. Big cock coming out of your mouth sounds awfully dirty. (laughs) So I can't say big cock. But you can say big cock coming out of my mouth? That's correct. That sucks. Can you just say big cock coming out of your mouth? And uh, it's pig vomit. Pig vomit. Paul Giamatti really had a lot to work with. I've got cock. There it is. Can you do me a favor. Do me a favor and hold that up so I can see your cock. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There it is. Cock, cock, cock. I must tell you, though, we have to end this fun right now. I want to thank all of you. Give yourself a big round. <laughs> The king of all media. My favorite is this. Oh, it's in Italian. Never mind. (laughs) Oops. Oops. Oops is where he gets this chick to sit on the speaker. I think the subwoofer. And um, you kind of, I I think you can, uh, you can imagine what happens next. So, um, you know, the, the part with Robin is interesting because you know what happens is is that they fire robin and so howard's like i'm not doing the fucking show and you know that's he fought for robin robin quivers and howard stern are batman and robin and if we can if we can dive more into that you know she she recognized early on the relationship that they had okay The average radio listener listens for 18 minutes. <laughs> the average Howard Stern fan listens for, are you ready for this? An hour and 20 minutes. How can that be? Answer most commonly given. I want to see what he'll say next. All right, okay, fine. But what about the people who hate Stern? Good point. The average Stern hater listens for two and a half hours a day. But, but if they hate him, why do they listen? Most common answer. 
I want to see what he'll say next. And so that is the ethos of Howard Stern. And, you know, okay, let's let's dive in here because now, now we got to get the business. Following his appearance at the MTV Video Music Awards as superhero character Fartman, radio personality Howard Stern boards his flight home and is seated next to Gloria, who is visibly repelled by him. Stern, thinking she sees him as a moron, begins to tell his life story kind of like Forrest Gump, starting with the verbal abuse he received as a boy from his father, Ben. As a youngster, Stern dreams of being on the radio after visiting his father's recording studio and grows up to be a quiet, socially awkward teenager. Hello. He decides to work in radio and studies communications at Boston University. He becomes a DJ at WTBU, the college station, and meets his girlfriend, Allison. Yeah. Now, we've already gone over the show. And I want to find it. Here we go. With Allison pregnant again, Howard gets his dream job off to work at New York City at WNBC. Remember that? Where he has the chance to become the nationwide success. However, upper management at NBC hired Howard not realizing what his show was like until they see a news report about him. Program director Kenny Pig Vomit Russian offers to keep Howard in line or he will force him to quit. Howard, Fred, and Robin ignore Kenny's restrictions on content until a risque match game with comedian Jackie Marlin causes Rushton to fire Robin. That was fucked up. The show fails in her absence and her replacement quits after Howard's interview with an actress who swallows a kibasa sausage. We just heard that. Robin is eventually brought back, but Howard's antics continue with a naked woman in the studio, resulting in Kenny cutting off the broadcast. Howard gets the show back on the air and gets a physical altercation with Kenny in the office. In 1985, Howard becomes number one at WNBC, and Kenny tries to gain Howard's friendship, but it's turned down flat. Howard thanks his fans at an outdoor concert by ACDC. And that's where he has his next child. During the ending credits, Stuttering John rants about his absence in the film. Mia Farrow then presents an Academy Award for Best Actor for Howard at the awards ceremony, who appears as Fartman once again, but Howard falls from the midair and the audience applauds. Kenny is out on the radio and now manages a shopping mall in Alabama and blames Howard for his downfall. During his outburst, he's swearing his drowned out by jackhammer noises. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that Mia Farrow's in there. Well, Mia Farrow, MC Hammer, yeah. Mm, yeah. The film uh, project re uh, remained active until the release of Stern's first book, The Part Memoir, Part Commentary, Private Parts, in October 1993. It became the fastest selling book in publisher Simon & Schuster's history after five days of release. In the following month, Stern's agent, and it started contract film studios with the aim of adapting the book into a feature film. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Script approval. Mm. It, it was a good movie. It was funny. You know, when it's Howard Stern, you better be ready and you better wake up. You better wake up. Principal photography began in May of 1996. Okay. Hmm. You know, filming was set to finish on July 30th, 1996, but it was extended until mid-August. A lot of music. That's why we can't play it. 
you know, theatrical run. How did it do? Private Parts received mostly positive reviews from critics. In the review for the Chicago Tribune, critic Gene Siskel, remember him, gave the film three and a half stars out of the five. He pointed out the predictable scenes of lesbian jokes and toilet humor. But the wonderful love story between Stern and Allison is the most surprising aspect and preferred Stern's character off the air than the one on the radio. Siskel concluded his review by selling out the scenes by Stern courting Allison. Roger Ebert reviewed the film for Chicago sometimes, giving it three stars out of the four. He said the film has enough to satisfy the diehard Stern fans and appeal to the general audience at the same time. He praised Stern and Quivers for playing convincingly engaging versions of themselves in their feature film debut, something he claims even seasoned actors claim as difficult. Ebert noted Thomas's directing skills made the film play out like a film and not a series of filmed radio broadcasts. Yeah. Didn't it didn't win any Academy Awards, you know? But it's it's Howard Stern. It's Private Parts, a classic film, classic comedy from the '90s. Betty Thomas, director; Ivan Reitman, producer. Based off the book Private Parts by Howard Stern, Robin Quivers, Howard Stern, Mary McCormick. Yes, released in March of 1997 at 109 minutes. This is the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. Or as Howard Stern was so... I, I love Howard. WNBC. As always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>